0: Oh ladies and gentlemen boys and girls and everybody in between welcome to another episode of the JBSE this will be my 7th in 7 days I believe churning out the content we're on a we're on a tear here covering everything from NFL to the T20 World Cup just recorded an awesome episode about the Formula 1 um, Mexico Grand Prix with Johnny Larkin which is available now for you to listen to I I've never watched F1s, but after talking with Johnny about it, I'm going to give it a go. There's a lot more to it than I gave it credit for. So it's the good thing about the sports experience. You get to experience other people's stuff. And, you know, I feel lucky to do a podcast like this. I feel lucky to be able to, I'm sitting on my bed recording a podcast before like five minutes before I was recording with John, I was eating a bowl of cocoa puffs. The listener doesn't know unless I tell them. Um, So it it just, you know, you can sit in your jocks and record an episode and it really doesn't matter. But other things I feel lucky for uh, are the friends that I've made through sport. And, you know, with what 7.8, almost 8 billion people on the planet, You know, and the chance to be born at any one time in history, I was born at this time on the planet with the same, the same planet at the same time as the great Oakland human himself, David Vaughn from the Oklahoma Panhandle, a great sportsman and a great friend. How are you, David? Man, I'm doing fantastic. I don't think ever in a million years I'll be able to live up to that introduction, though. That was unbelievable. (laughs) Thank you for the, thank you for the ego boost. It was, it was like. I, I, I do too. Either it's like that one or it's like, my oh God, that's David Vaughn's music. And I could have had some of like the drum, the, the, the drum line cadences come in or something. Um, Awesome to have you. I was going to say back on the show, you came on the JBFE a lot, but this is the first time you've been on the JBSE where we've expanded out. You know, this is the JBSE uh, metaverse, you know, um, <laughs> the multiverse. So. <laughs> Zuckerberg got a hold of you too huh <laughs> that's right I'm trying to escape the clutches of Zuckerberg I keep saying everyone who listens to the pod just share it to one friend you know I mean if you want to share it on Facebook or Twitter that's great but if you just want verbally word of mouth share it with one person I'm happy with that like um, but gosh there's so much good sport to dive into but the sport we're going to dive but, into oh sorry you go
1: I was going to say I, I don't mean to interrupt uh, I wanted to tell you, uh, I love the reboot. I love the direction that that the pod is going right now. Uh, I'm listening. I'm learning stuff all the time. you were talking about Formula One earlier. You say you've never watched Formula One before.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, it's great. You'll you'll love it. You'll, you'll absolutely love it. The first time you watch it, you'll be hooked. I like it so much better than any other form of racing.
0: Yeah, well, the way, I mean, the way Johnny spoke about it, you know, like he he hooked me in with the fact that the rivalries between the two drivers on the same teams, like that to me is what gets me into sport is great rivalries and, and like the human element. And then he started mixing in a lot of technical talk and things, um, but I was already hooked. So I was, I was ready to receive the technical information. And he said too that, um, and not to like reveal too much of the content, but if you like, this sort of stuff, Uh, you should go back and listen to that episode with Johnny. He was talking about how there's sort of sweeping changes coming to F1 in 2022. They've started the introduction of a salary cap, which is going to get tighter and tighter, a spending budget. They're modifying the cars. They're modifying the way in which the tournament is run. Pretty much anything you can think of, there's changes afoot, making the cars slimmer so that you can have more uh, cars driving closer to each other, more overtaking, um so like it's not just the format that's changing it's the technical aspects that change the cars themselves so go and have a listen to that episode with johnny um thanks for the feedback too i appreciate it i think i'm really loving it i'm really loving doing being able to just dive into whatever uh it's really great and 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 letting me fully immerse myself in my sports romanticism um But something that wasn't so romantic uh, earlier this week, something that sort of maybe deserves like a villainous drop was the college football playoffs' first official rankings. Um, Because we're the sports experience and maybe not everyone listens or watches um, college football, is not familiar with it, but... If you're anything like me, I love hearing about different sports and and how they work because I just feel it educates me more about the sports that I do watch. It allows me to take knowledge, you know, from one thing and apply it to something else. So basically to set it up just briefly, for anyone who's not familiar, the college football, um, you know, division one system, there's about 130 teams. It all boils down to four teams making a four-team playoff at the end of the year. The two teams that win the semifinals go in and play off against each other for the national championship. Whoever wins that game is the national champion. But how we get there is that these teams compete in divisions and conferences, and you would think, okay, that makes sense. So if you win your division and you win your conference, you get out of your conference, you get into your semifinal, and not so. Um, There is a huge subjective element to the college football landscape in the form of ranking polls. Now, the Associated Press do one of these from week one across the season. They rank their top twenty-five, um, and that's based on your results and also you know based on how you play and the strength of schedule, etc. But the AP top twenty-five really counts for nothing because in week ten, the the official college football ranking comes out from the official college football playoff committee. And they are the people who ultimately decide which four teams are going to get there, which four teams are going to go. And massive controversy this year. There's always some controversy, but I think big controversy. And I wanted to talk to David today because David, you're obviously an avid college football fan. You're an avid sports fan. You're very passionate about all this. Um, huge disparities with some some key teams between what the AP top 25 had and what the first college football playoff ranking came out as. I think it's worth getting into this beforehand. Um, the, per, the, 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 the entity that owns the broadcast rights to the college football playoff, which includes six bowl games and the college football championship, and they own it through the 2025 season is ESPN ESPN do all the college football playoff coverage, et cetera. They, uh, so just to, to lay the table with that, this is who owns the broadcast rights to it. And so you're thinking, okay, so they have a television event. So who do they want in the playoff? And this is what's happened. Let me recount here and I'll let you talk, David. Sorry, I just sort of felt like I had to set the table for people. But the AP top 25, I'll give you what the top 10 was. And we'll start with our top 10 and then there's other positions we can get into. So the AP had Georgia undefeated at number one. Makes sense. You had Cincinnati, the Bearcats, a uh, group of five team who are uh, 8-0 undefeated at number two. You had Alabama 7-1 and at number three. And you had undefeated Oklahoma who were 9-0 at four. Then you had Michigan State, Ohio State, Oregon, Notre Dame, Michigan, and Wake Forest. Okay, so between all of those teams, there's a few of them who have one loss, but the majority of them are undefeated. Controversy comes when Cincinnati, in the, in the official rankings, you have Georgia at one, and you're like, okay, that makes sense. Georgia at one. Number two, Alabama. One loss, Alabama jumps up to number two. I kind of expected Number three, undefeated Michigan State. Number four, one loss Oregon. And you're thinking, where is Cincinnati, who ranked two? Number five, one loss Ohio State. Number six at eight, no, is Cincinnati, then Michigan, Oklahoma, who have probably the biggest drop out of everyone. Oklahoma at eight, Wake Forest, nine, Notre Dame, 10, David. Let's talk Bearcats. How did this happen from second to sixth? Well, I I, I
1: want to kind of preface, especially for people that are not terribly familiar with college football. Mm. um, I do want to kind of start out by saying the NCAA does not recognize the FBS national champion as the football national championship. <laughs> they, recognize, they recognize the FCS champion, which is the former Division I AA, as the college football national champion. They do not recognize the FBS champion as the college football champion, which means that all of this is purely a game. Mm. I mean, literally it is. I mean, yes, football is a game, but the ranking is just a game. It doesn't mean anything. The only thing it means is money. Yeah, it doesn't count for anything.
0: It's and, 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 and yet it's sold as being the only thing that like. and I'm sure we'll get into this, but you know, there was a great tweet um, from Tom Funelli um, from Cover Three Podcast. Normally, I, you know, I quite like what they have to say, but you know, he basically said, you know, don't be angry. None of it, you know, the college football playoff, it, you know, it, it doesn't matter. And I started thinking in my head all the things that we get told about college football that doesn't matter well, division titles no longer matter. Conference titles no longer matter. Undefeated records don't seem to matter. Losses don't seem to matter. Okay, so the playoff doesn't matter at all. Then what matters? How do we care about a sport that matters, David? <laughs> well,
1: I feel like, if and here's the thing, like I'm not too mad about Alabama being at two. Yeah. If you look at the AP poll and the coaches poll, they were at number three in both of those. So three to two is not a massive leap. If Cincinnati had fallen to three, I don't think it would even be an issue or maybe even four because Michigan State is 8-0 and they have the better strength of schedule. But to drop them all the way down to six behind Oregon, who has one loss to an unranked Stanford team that's not even 500, and Ohio, a one-loss Ohio State that lost to the aforementioned Oregon.
0: Uh, At And
1: so – You know, I I feel like, you know, I I feel like, well, and ESPN and kind of the talking heads have already outed themselves. They've already said no group of five is ever going to make it. Hmm. They've already said that. And so as a group of five team, I mean, I'm looking at this right now with Cincinnati at six, I don't think there's any way that Michigan state loses two of the remaining four games. I I don't see any way that it happens, especially Mm. with the meat of their schedule already behind them. Mm. Um, I can see Alabama losing again, but I don't think it's going to matter. I mentioned to someone earlier, I feel like this year they've set it up to where a three loss Alabama could make the playoff. Yeah. I feel like that Alabama could lose to Auburn, lose again in the conference championship and
0: still make the playoff. Yep. Here's an argument and, uh, that I, I heard. Someone said um, two loss Auburn, if they win out and get to 10 and two, which would include wins a win over Alabama, that te- two loss Auburn could, pr- could launch themselves up into the four. Right. And, <laughs> and in that case, then you
1: would have Georgia, Alabama and Auburn all in the final four.
0: Yep. It's and 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 you know it's it's really important for, for people to understand too. You know the, the SEC conference, you know which includes your Alabama's, um, your uh, Auburn, those sorts of sides, are uh, you know last year signed a three billion dollar deal with ESPN. So ESPN, who owns the college football playoffs and who has this three billion dollar deal with the SEC uh, and has now acquired Texas and Oklahoma from the big 12 to come along and, and further boost the stocks of the SEC. I don't think there's any way Cincinnati gets in. I think this is, this has been, they could run the table and thrash everyone on their schedule. The only hope I think Cincinnati had was to open in the four and win out convincingly to maintain their place. There's just no one on the schedule who, who is going to, help them leap into the four and overtake these teams above them
1: the I feel like I feel like Cincinnati's best shot is for Alabama to win out Mm -hmm. Michigan State to win out and then Oregon and Ohio State each to lose yeah yeah I feel like if that happens then Cincinnati might have a shot because I don't think that Michigan has enough remaining on their schedule to jump Cincinnati Um, because they're not going to be playing for the big 10 championship. Um, Oklahoma has three games left plus presumably the big 12 championship. And of those three games, two of them are ranked opponents. So they may kind of jump into the conversation Assuming that their inconsistent offense can find some traction, the one—if I'm it, it, there—are of a, a few teams that I feel like have a legitimate gripe to be really, really mad. I think Oklahoma is one of them at nine and O, being spotted at number eight. Right. I think is one of them. I think Wake Forest at eight and oh being number nine, is another one. Mm and then you go all the way down completely out of the rankings and you have the University of Texas at San Antonio who is not ranked at all and they're undefeated and they have a stronger strength of schedule than Alabama so far
0: it's absurd it's absurd because they they've can't... had <laughs> sorry you got i uh, said so they the the roadrunners have two
1: ranked wins on the road Alabama has one ranked win at home by two points over a Florida team that's no longer ranked.
0: It it's hilarious to me. And this this is why you see how they set things up. Like if you if I, reading between the reading the tea leaves, what the playoff committee wants is Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State and Oklahoma. Because they've set it up so that those teams have the path. They have set it up so Ohio State who is at 5th, just one spot outside the 4, gets to play third-place Michigan State. They get to play seventh-place Michigan. So if you win those two games, you vault up into your top four. Oklahoma, while they're at eighth, at 9-0, and eight, as you said, they finish with games including as ranked Oklahoma State, who are ranked 11th, and who's the other one? Ranked Baylor, who are also 7-1. So they get two top 15 um, opponents to finish, plus a championship game. And- Right, and one of the and one of those two teams they're going to face a second time. Yeah. So and so this is the plat, This is the platform that the the, the CFP uh, committee have set is for Oklahoma to be able to if to do its darndest, to win out, win its champ conference, where well, you'll get you'll book your spot. Ohio State, you do your business, you will win your spot. Really, Oregon, Michigan State, um, Michigan. These teams, uh, you know, even your Baylor's and that sort of thing, they're being ranked in the top fifteen over, like you're saying, a UTSA team that no. eight zero. They're the they're the fodder or the, the, the they're the the validation wins for these teams that the CFP would actually like to see make it into the top four. In in my opinion, they've set up a runway for for the Sooners right. and for the Buckeyes. In my opinion, I. I feel like, I feel like Wake
1: Forest has a fighting chance. I also unbelievably think that Oklahoma State has a fighting chance. Because if Oklahoma State wins out, that's going to have them two wins over Oklahoma.
0: Mm.
1: And that'll be in back-to-back weeks, plus their other four ranked wins that they already have. Yep. That would finish them with six ranked wins, which will be far and away the most in the country. How do you, and so I feel like, (laughs) I I feel, I feel like that, I feel like that, that gives them kind of a leg up over some of the other teams that are above them. Plus they own the tiebreaker against Baylor.
0: Now in a beautiful world, in a perfect world, Michigan state wins out and makes it in. That would be that, that I'd be really happy to see that, Um, you know, that, that would be nice. Cincinnati I just don't think it happens I think because if Michigan's and uh, Michigan Michigan State teams like that win they're going to jump the Bearcats and I don't think Georgia and Alabama are going to be able to lose enough to drop so let's let's sort of pick our way through some of this these other teams right go mm-hmm. down down the bottom you talk about UTSA Wisconsin who has thrown more interceptions than touchdowns this season and a five and three are ranked at 21 in the nation. They're five and three. You've got Mississippi state who are five and three. How do you have two, five and three teams ranked above undefeated sides like UTSA? How do you have them ranked over teams like San Diego state who are seven and one?
1: Right. I mean, I'll I'll be perfectly honest. I'm surprised that San Diego State and Fresno State are ranked. I mean, their group of five teams with a loss, or in Fresno's case, multiple losses. Yeah. You know, I I don't necessarily understand that. Um, You know, and Mississippi State at 17 is an absolute joke. They have three (laughs) losses by more than 30 points, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, I may be mistaken on that one. But um, I'll have to actually – let me look at that real quick. Um, But, no, I think that – Let's see. So they lost to they lost to Memphis. Yeah, they lost to LSU and they yeah. got blown out by Alabama. And LSU is not good. No. And Memphis is no. no longer great. Losing to Alabama is there's no shame in that. You know, if you lose to Alabama, OK, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. but but, you know, if kind of looking at it the other, like I said, Alabama
0: only has one ranked win. They also have an unranked loss. <laughs> That's what's hilarious is that is that uh, Texas A&M unranked when they beat Alabama, but now they find their way all the way up to number 14 at six and two, which helps push the Alabama case, the one loss Alabama, because you go, well, well, they've lost to a top 15 side in Texas A&M. Well, hello, hello. They weren't ranked before they'd beaten Alabama. Like it's there's all this arithmetic done to make sure that the teams they want in are validated. Just going back on um, Fresno state. So I think one reason that Fresno state remain ranked in the top 25. And I mean, they've been fun to watch. Um, Is it Jake Hainer? I think is the quarterback for Fresno state. He's been great fun to watch, but right. They played Oregon close. And so they did. So, you know, you, you can say, hey, Oregon had a ranked win there. You know, that Oregon had a, you know, a tough win against a ranked Fresno State. Whether Fresno State were ranked at the time doesn't matter, because all that matters once it comes to these rankings is where they're ranked now. Um so yeah, but think- then
1: but then you look at but then you look at it and they lost they lost to Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you it- look at you look at their you look at their wins. They beat Yukon, which is nothing. They uh, they beat Cal Poly sixty three to ten. That 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 juggernaut of a team, Cal Poly. <laughs> uh, they uh, beat UCLA, who are not very good this year. They beat UNLV. They beat Wyoming. They beat Nevada. I mm-hmm. mean, they they haven't. You know, you want to talk about a team that hadn't played anybody? And then they did beat San Diego State. Yeah. That to me, that's their only quality win. Yeah. And- because you and I are in agreement that San Diego State's a pretty good team.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think, and, and you know, as far as you know, those sorts of teams go, I think San Diego State is a pretty good team. But it's just funny to look at the teams that they that they drop in and out. So, for instance, like Minnesota is ranked twentieth in the country. Minnesota, like what? And NC State, NC State unranked in the AP poll. NC State coming at six and two, ranked nineteenth in in the. Um, college football playoff official ranking and again i wonder with nc state being ranked 19th uh is that giving wake forest the opportunity to have a win you know against a ranked opponent when it comes time for the you know acc championship game um likewise with pitt being ranked at 25 it's, it's all setting up so that you don't have these undefeated teams like UTSA at the end of the year ranked highly enough where the question can be asked, well, why weren't they high enough? You know, it, it's putting in, you know, two lost teams from Power 5 conferences to make sure the top teams in those conferences have the opportunity to say, we've got X amount of ranked wins and your, you know, 12-0 UTSA team doesn't matter your you know there's so much disrespect to the, to the group right. of five right. and that sort of thing right
1: well if and, and I'll tell you the the committee's worst nightmare may end up coming true this year if you end up with Georgia Mississippi or Georgia Michigan State Cincinnati Oklahoma wake and UTSA all undefeated at the end of the year they're gonna have a really hard time fighting off not only the fan bases but the attorneys hmm that are going to that are going to certainly become involved in this. And you know it's it's you know they they've set themselves up, you know, they think that they've set themselves up for a situation
0: that they want. I think in fact that they've set themselves up for a situation that they don't want. I think it's funny like it it feels to me like if if we look at this like from a broader view now as opposed to just this year it seems inevitable to me that there is a separation coming, that there's the, the growing disparity between how diff, the, the resources different colleges have in terms of money, but then not only in terms of money, in terms of um, player recruits, you know, the, the disparity between the teams that have your four and five star recruits, you know, at, at every level, and then the teams that don't, the teams that get pillaged um, in the transfer portal. It seems to me that there has to be and, and it's inevitable that there is a separation going to occur with the SEC and ESPN forming the, this mega conference, you know, pillaging Oklahoma and uh, Texas for that conference with the way the CFP is set up. It really seems to me like you're going to end up with what is essentially a minor league, minor league system. I think it's going to go to, to some sort of, you know, the, pay, the players are paid, whether that's via NIL or something more, more formal. And that's going to remove itself from the college football structure as we know it. And, and the, your group of fives and your, you know, what's left of the power five will become more of an actually representational college football seen once these big businesses essentially um have have taken lift off to something else what, what do you think that's where we're headed that we're headed to a separation of of the haves from the you know have nots
1: i um I, I have maybe a slightly different take on it i actually feel like we're close to seeing the end of the ncaa period yeah and i think that um what's going to happen then kind of along the lines of what you said is that it'll be more, run more like a business Mm-hmm. But that we'll start seeing instead of conferences, I think we'll start seeing leagues. Yeah. And I think we'll have differing leagues. Um, With the news today that Sam Houston State is going to be jumping uh, from FCS up to FBS. Now, they're going to be jumping into Conference USA. Well, they're the number one team in FCS. Hmm. My question, though, is why would you give that up? Why would you give up being the number? Because they're perennial top five in the FCS. Why would you give that up to join Conference USA, which, on a good year,
0: is one of the two or three bottom leagues in FBS? So obviously they are, you know, joining the Conference USA, who who themselves have been pillaged by other conferences. Um, there's a lot of shifting ground. It feels like. I, I think you're onto it with the with the fact that we're probably seeing the the final twilight of the NCAA who really seemed to have zero power or say over these teams anymore. Like I think you saw that during the COVID um, pandemic season last year, where they really didn't have the ability to say, this is how we're going to navigate this. It was really left up to conferences um, as to how they were going to do things. Hence why you saw such a different, um, range of approaches that like you had the big 10 who, you know, we're going to do the right thing and sit out. And then, you know, part of the way through the season, they sort of went, Oh, actually shit, we better have a season. So we're going to have an, you know, an eight game season. You had the SEC who were right. like, it just means more, you know, we're going to, uh, we're going to, you know, steamroll right through. And um, so I think you're right. I think that the NCAA is probably a, a bit of a, you know uh, the walking dead, at the moment. Um, they don't, I don't right. really understand what function they serve for, I guess, specifically in this instance for football, maybe they have more power and more sway and more ability um, to navigate and, and, and control the direction of, of other sports, but football, it seems like is a totally different beast. Um, it's just at a crazy level of popularity, I guess, and money involved as we get back to money. Um, right. How, how would you prefer to see this done like college football? Like, do you think part of me, I would like to see, you know, I think the game is from an outsider. Obviously I'm an outsider. I don't have, you know, I'm not aligned with a state or anything like that. I'm not aligned with a, with a team or a university, particularly. It seems to me that the, the local popularity and strength of the game is being eaten away at by the national, uh, the, the move to a more national interest and more national brands. You know, Alabama feels bigger than just a, an Alabama brand. It feels like a national brand. Um, so too with teams like Clemson and Ohio state. Um, do, like, would you like to see more importance put back on, you know, being able to win your divisional or conference titles and that sort of thing? Do we put too much importance on the, 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 nas- uh, the college football national champion? Where, where would you like to see it go? And how do you think it can get back to being great? And uh, yeah. Are,
1: are, are, we talking, are we talking in Vaughn's utopianistic society? or Are we talking like something realistic that could happen?
0: let's go, let's go realistic. Something could happen. And then let's, let's look at what the possibilities would be in Bourne's utopian future. Okay. So what, what can happen? Okay. Re- realistically, I feel like the five power five champions
1: plus three at large bids yep. should make an eight team playoff. To me, that seems like the most realistic Avenue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think it would, I mean, and of course, you're still going to have, well, whoever's number nine got left out and, you know, this, that and the other. But I, I feel like, but I, I feel like you do that, you're guaranteed at least your conference champions, probably a couple of non-conference champions, like an Alabama, if they, if they went out, but they don't, you know, necessarily win their conference championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a school like Cincinnati, who's undefeated done everything that you've asked of them they've wiped the floor with everyone that they've played maybe they don't have all those signature wins but they've done everything they're supposed to do to me that would be the most reasonable answer Mm -hmm. i feel like four is too narrow and a lot of people myself included have said that from the beginning yeah and so i think i feel like that that kind of is is a way to go plus that also opens the door for the independents like notre dame like brigham young schools
0: like that to maybe get a little bit of piece of the pie too so if you're looking at an 18 playoff this year you know you would say you went off the rankings this year you would have your teams like georgia so you would have georgia alabama michigan state oregon ohio state cincinnati michigan Oh no, I can't really do it off this because it's got to be, tech, you know, we wouldn't have a poll. We would have the five teams that made it out, and and then the three at large bids. So don't disregard that question. Disregard that that part of it. So I I tend to agree with you. I think polls personally are just fraught with danger, especially when the people voting on the polls, you know, are athletic directors and 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 that sort of thing. Particularly when the college football playoff itself is. Is owned essentially, um, you know, the rights to the broadcast owned by ESPN, who have vested interests in particular teams and brands and conferences. I think, you know, so I guess the tough one would be the at-large bids, but I, but I think you're on the right path with an eight-team playoff, with five of them just the champions. Um, so, what about in Vaughn's Vaughan's utopian universe? What what does the utopian outlook look like? Okay, so, and and hear me on this.
1: There are 31 (laughs) bowl games. (laughs) There there are 31 bowl games. Mm -hmm. Take the top 32 teams, rank them 1 to 32, have a 32-team playoff. That's 31 games. Yep. You keep all the bowl games. You don't lose any money. It increases the value of each of the bowl games. Yep. it's more inclusive. So you're going to get a lot of these outlying schools. You know, you're going to get UTSA gets a crack at a 32 team playoff. Maybe they face Georgia in the first round, but they get a crack. Mm-hmm. You know, Cincinnati absolutely gets a crack. Yeah. And I think it, you know, and not only that, they get a first round. I mean, they, they, they get a, a higher seed. You know, and so they would You'll know, then start out like in a 32-team tw- playoff, they would play in the first round. Let me see. Who's the first team out? Um, I'm showing as the first team out Arkansas. Yeah. Okay. So Cincinnati versus Arkansas. You and
0: I would pay good money to watch Cincinnati versus Arkansas? Absolutely. I'd go see that, especially if it was close. So a 32 team playoff is essentially the, 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 um, sudden death. Oh, sorry. It's essentially a world cup minus the group stages, you know, we're, right. we're go, you know, 32 best teams. Um, it'd be fast. Well, so 30, single elimination, 32 down to 16, down to eight, down to four, down to two. So it'd be five weeks. Essentially it'd be five weeks. Right. Okay. Here, here's a suggestion for you. If we, if, if we're getting into the point where, you know, it's, it's, you know, pay, paid to play or, you know, some sort of NIL, you know, mutation or whatever it is. Do you have all your divisions and your conferences, you play your season, and then you have your five-week spring football tournament?
1: I hadn't thought about moving it to spring. My solution was actually just chop a couple of weeks off of the regular season. You know, got- let's eliminate... Let's eliminate Alabama versus
0: Chattanooga and replace it with Alabama <laughs> versus Fresno State. Oh, I'm so here for getting rid of Alabama, Chattanooga, or um, oh, what was the one, Clemson versus Stamford, or whatever it was right. from, from a few seasons. It's right. just like, come on. Like, it's, it's you know, what, what is this doing for any of us? Um, it's putting some money, I guess, in Stamford's pocket um, and allowing Clemson to right. play third or fourth string. But no, I'm I'm with you and I think to their credit Alabama have always said we'll play whoever we you know we'll play whoever will play us but it's hard to get people to play us when it went to an all conference schedule last year with covid Alabama blitzed everyone. They 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 were not slowed down one iota by an all conference schedule so I think I think that that would be the, that would be a great recipe for things, you know, with, with mostly all conference, maybe room for some interconference rivalry games perhaps, but no, I'm, I'm with you. Make it all matter more. I think, I think, I think we're onto it here. Um, well, and absolutely.
1: And you, um, uh, I, I, well, this would have been way before you started following this, maybe even before you were born, but, uh, college, well, well, no, well college football, um, when I was younger, like middle school age, so like 12 years old ish Mm. was a 10 game season. It was a 10 game regular season. Yeah. And then the bowl games, I mean, and so it's not like there's no precedent for a 10 game season. Mm. Panhandle state is an AIA school where I teach, but they play a 10 game season, Mm. you know, D two schools, division two schools play a 10 game season. D three schools play a 10 game season. The only level that doesn't play a 10 game season is FBS. And it's the one that doesn't even matter as far as the NCAA is concerned.
0: So, yeah. And I think that's the thing, you know, with people like, Oh, we've got to get back to, you know, doing, you know, the NCAA is being really important. And, but it's like, it's, it's not, this is, this is an inevitable separation and, and that can be okay. You can end up with a good product and people who say, Oh, we've got to get rid of the, the, we we can't get rid of the polls because college football is great because it's so crazy It'll be crazier if if all the games matter more, you know. That's that's when it'll it'll be really crazy. Um, so really, if you went to a say a ten game regular season schedule, and then you had your thirty two team playoff, um, you would essentially you know at most you're going to play fifteen games. If you're a team that plays, right. it's 10 which is games. one
1: game more, right? Which is one game more than they play now.
0: Yeah. So I, I think, yeah, I, th- I think we're on to something. I like, I like the um, utopian, um, the utopian David Vaughan College Football Society. Um, all right, <laughs> I reckon I, I'm just about. I reckon we can wrap it up. Let you get home after your day of work. But I just want your, I I want your, <laughs> what final four are we going to get? And and I'll get your final four and your national champion pick. Okay. Uh, the final four,
1: I think, is going to be Georgia, Michigan State, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. I think we get two Big Ten teams. Okay. I
0: like it. I like it a lot.
1: And I think Michigan State wins.
0: I love that. I would love that. I would love that because everyone's saying it's Georgia's year. They finally, they're going to get over the Alabama hump. Well, I'd love if they couldn't get over the Michigan State hump. That'd be amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, look, I tend to, to agree. I think Alabama's going to find its way in there somehow. Um, what I would love to see is Georgia and Alabama and Michigan State, who does its thing and, and wins out. It beats the Buckeyes and, and, and validates its own claim. Um, and I, I actually would like to see Oklahoma get in. Only because I'm a big Caleb Williams fan, I'd be happy with that. Um, I think that'd be a fun playoff game, uh, a fun playoff series. Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, and Oklahoma. We get one, oh, I guess we still get two SEC teams. That's a bit of a pain, but it is what it is. Um, I'm gonna ride with you. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Michigan State. Let's say Michigan State wins. That's what we want to see. So that's let, let's say that. I- I don't see anyone that looks better than them. Honestly. I I just don't. They've worked some stuff out. I'll tell you, uh, what's his name from uh, Colorado? I can't think of the coach's name now off the top of my head. Um, Who's coaching there now? Who's coaching? Oh, uh, oh, Colorado. Colorado. Uh, No, the guy who's coaching Ah. Michigan state. He was at Colorado. Oh, (laughs) I can't for the life of me think of his name. Oh, uh, gosh. Ah, Michigan State head coach. Ah. But he's doing a great job because he took over last season. I believe it was last season at, at short notice um, during a COVID pandemic era. And, and to have them 8-0 um, is, is right. um, pretty impressive. Flip. Yeah, okay. It's totally slipped my mind. Oh. He was definitely the coach oh, my of, the, of Colorado um, in 2018 or 2019. Um, that's just gonna oh my gosh that's gonna bug the heck out of me uh <laughs> i'll google it very quickly i'll google it um it is mel tucker mel tucker is the guy i was thinking of mel tucker um okay mel tucker is the so, coach of miss you. so
1: i got a question i'll throw at you yes who is who is your most overrated and most underrated team of this season
0: cool most overrated and most underrated. Oh, well. Wow. <laughs> I mean, based on the rankings, Oregon I think is highly overrated. Um, being at number four. Um. Oh, this is tough, but I kind of want to say that, like everyone puts a lot of, a lot in the fact that Georgia beat Clemson, and I'm kind of going, well, one minute. Clemson look like a dog's breakfast at the moment. Like I, 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 I still think I would go with Alabama over Georgia right now. I think I think Alabama have had one loss, but I, I like the Patriots. Um, I have a feeling that Alabama work things out across the season. I don't know. I'm actually going to go with Oregon based on where they're ranked. I'm going to say they're overrated. Seven and one. Um. At number four, I think I think overrated. Um, most underrated, uh, controversial, but I'm going to say I actually think that Oklahoma are being underrated. I think there's a lot being made of their offensive struggles, and I think it would be interesting to chunk up the season and look at the Rattler versus Caleb Williams games. Now, I know that they've still had some struggles, but he's a he's a true freshman quarterback, and they're still nine and zero. Like they're nine and zero. I think I think that they are being underrated, and wouldn't be shocking to me if this was the year they finally get a playoff win and work some stuff out. In the year that everyone writes right. them off, uh, I think there's there's still a lot to like about this team that has had a lot to work out, but is undefeated at nine and zero. What about you? Underrated, right. overrated.
1: Okay, so my most overrated, um, I'm going to go with Ohio State. Yep. Um, I don't feel like they belong anywhere near the top four. Mm-hmm. Like, I I have them around 13. Yep. Um, I just, you know, they've struggled. They lost to, I mean, admittedly, Oregon is good. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you and I both agree they may not be number four good, but they're still a very good team. Yeah, but they've just they've struggled. They looked off all year long. I to me, they're pretty overrated and it wouldn't surprise me to see them lose. I mean, I have them in my playoff, but mm. it also wouldn't surprise me to see them lose one, maybe two more games even. Yeah, so I like I could go either way with them. Same with Alabama, though. I, th- I feel like it wouldn't surprise me if Alabama lost again, maybe even two more. Mm. And can you imagine if Alabama ever lost three games in a season? Holy smokes. And, and still um, made the playoff. Oh my gosh. Oh, it would. People would (laughs) riot. Underrated. Underrated. I'm going to let my bias shine a little bit. I'm going to say the UTSA Roadrunners. Nice. They are 9 0. They are smoking everyone and they are unranked. That's (laughs) absolute bull. You know, and for me, the AP has them at 16, which I think is about right. Yeah. But. Yeah, no, they don't even have him ranked in the C- in the CFP, and but, I'm not,
0: I'm not, nah. At sixteen, though, even we'll the AP poll, saying. you could make an argument for them to be a few places higher over a team like Old Miss, who has been shown to be entirely sure. offense and zero, nothing on defense. They are, um, you know, and and you've got an undefeated UTSA team who you could rank over a two-loss, um, two-loss Old Miss. Uh, it's right. going to be fascinating. Well, and, right, and I would argue,
1: and, and I, I, th- I think you and I have had this conversation before, I feel like UTSA is actually better than Cincinnati. I Cincinnati think had the benefit of – I think Cincinnati had the benefit of a good preseason ranking, mm. and that's the only reason that they're ranked ahead of UTSA. I think that – and, and I don't mean that as any disrespect to the Bearcats. Cincinnati is mm. good, and I think that they're deserving of the playoff. Mm.
0: I think UTSA is better than Cincinnati. Infer from that what you will. Well, and, and, and too, you know, that's a great point about, you know, the benefit of a preseason ranking. Let's face it. These teams don't aren't being ranked only on their 2021 performance. You know, the majority of these teams, you know, they're trading on a brand Um, because if you just looked at form, if you just look the way certain teams are playing or, you know the season they've had they'd be ranked higher but that's not the case there there is a preseason bias about it
1: well and and some teams have benefited from that i mean you look at um you, i mean you look at alabama hmm. you know losing to an unranked texas a&m team at home hmm. you know if it's if it's any other team besides alabama that loss hurts them quite a bit Look at a school like BYU. They're 7-2, and ranked number 15. Those two losses were both to unranked teams. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, one of those was at home. Yeah. And so, you know, do they deserve to be there? Probably not. But BYU is a big national brand. Mm. And, you know, I like BYU. They don't – they're not the 15th best team in the country. Yeah. You look at – but then you look, I feel like Baylor at 7-1 and is underrated. Yeah. You know? if, you know, if well and, and I'll tell you the big one that's sticking out to me right now is Wake Forest at mm-hmm. 8-0. If that was Clemson, same conference at 8-0, where are they ranked? <laughs> Two. <laughs> Two.
0: Yeah. 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 And, and with this, with the exact same strength of schedule. And Wake Forest as well. Um, you know, they haven't, uh, some, I saw a stat, they had not been 7-0 or something. They haven't been 6-0 or 7-0 since before the Second World War. So they're, right. they're having a great season. 70, 80, 80 years. It was 80 years. It's insane. All right, man. Yeah. Th- thanks so much for taking the time, mate. It's always good to talk football with you. We'll have you back on soon. We'll have to do some NFL chat at some point as well. Um, Definitely. Yeah, so. Talk some high school ball. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've well, got a pretty good team uh, sitting there in Balco at the moment. Um, number two nationally ranked? Yes. Yeah. Number two in the nation. Yes. Far out. Go the Balco Forgan Bulls. Ten yards away. Ten yards away from being number one. That insane. We'll have to try. Yeah. We'll have to get into some Balco uh, Forgan football um, before the season is out. Um, If you guys like this, share it with a friend, uh, share it on social media. uh, But yeah, tell someone about it. That's let's get back to the old word of mouth. Tell somebody about it. If you like this podcast, if you think, Uh, you enjoyed the discussion the banter etc etc tell them you like it but until then be well